that you i think zach is like waiting what do you mean it's ju- you're just so late that it feels like you're like waiting. i was clapping and... right when you clapped on my end okay <laughs> and every time i did it bailey's like huh huh <laughs> what let's do one more just for safety just to okay, assure yeah. you three two one three two one Three, two, one. Okay, that sounded way off too, but that's fine. Well, did um, that sound like I was before or after? Way after. Oh, because there I clapped slightly before you that time. Like I tried, a whole beat after. Oh, I tried to head it off and clap earlier that time. Huh. So. Okay. Okay. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll fix it in post. Cool. Welcome to our newest episode of Steven Seed. All this is episode twenty. Well, it's only the newest uh, episode for one week, and then the next episode comes out. So that's that's yeah. be very quickly become out. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome uh, to our temporarily newest episode of Steven Seed. Yeah, today we are talking about the two thousand five uh, action movie. Today you die. Well, I'm already here. in two thousand five. Yeah. Mm. I introduce myself. Introduce yourselves. We've done this 20 times. <laughs> Have we? Oh, geez. That doesn't seem right. Um, well, Cut all today, this out. Today, I'm Hans. I die. No, Han- God, Hans, you threw the pacing <laughs> off. <laughs> who's. who's well, oh, I, I, am spo- I, I didn't hear you introduce yourself. No, because I had a fun little, like, kind what of whose line is it anyway style. Like, you have to say you have to say that after you introduce yourself. Now no, 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 he's no, going to no, have no, to no, cut no. all this out. No, Hans, shut up. I had a fun little whose line is it anyway style, like, introduction to do, and you threw off the rhythm twice. <laughs> uh, how am I supposed to know? Do we want to start over? Yes. Maybe. We're out of practice. We're rusty. <laughs> I know. It's been a while. But you can't check your six. It's kind of like, you know, taking a screwdriver to a gunfight. What's happening? Just like old Tom, Tom. Uh, welcome to Steven See It All. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Aaron. Hello. Uh, today I die, and my name is Zach. <laughs> that wasn't worth it. I'm Hans. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we're talking about the 2005 action movie, uh, Today You Die, obviously starring Steven Seagal. The first thing I want to say right at the jump, uh, I have mentioned this before, and we've talked about it a lot, how forgettable these movies are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I I think someone greased this movie. <laughs> like, I can't remember a single thing about it. Okay, I I'm will... looking at the Wikipedia page right now, and I don't think it's telling me the truth. Like, I don't remember. Okay, it's been movie. a week since we watched it. We didn't get to record right away. But yeah. I will say I was in a very similar position until I just, like, glanced at, like, the synopsis. Yeah. I completely could not tell you a single thing about this movie. Once I kind of looked at the synopsis, like, it had enough elements uh-huh. that I could kind of conjure up and remember, like, something distinct about it. Spoiler alert Ooh, for Speaking next of conjuring, week, but, I think there might um, actually be uh, magic in this one again. Uh, this very the most like some, inconsequential magic possible. Yeah, it has like some marked for death vibes here. Uh, I think we've gotten to the point where Seagal is like recycling some <laughs> like motifs from his previous films. <laughs> or now that we're twenty movies, doesn't have there. any new ideas. Or we've no. kind of talked about this before with Ticker, how he said Tom Forsythe's character was a Seagal character, and then we decided that actually Seagal characters are just generic enough that like you can just accidentally write one. 
maybe he's not recycling his motifs just like the motifs are generic enough that you're like oh he's bringing that one back and really it's just they were you know scraping the bottom of like the trope bucket and they just happened to hit the same one twice yeah for some reason inconsequential folk magic is a motif that pops up in multiple seagal movies um explain that one science it really just adds to you know really adds to the charmlessness um (laughs) go ahead and why don't you run us through what happens in this one yeah so in this movie and i'm just very honestly i had to read the wikipedia synopsis um so this is the wikipedia synopsis plus things that like jogged my memory from that synopsis uh so steven zagal plays a character which wikipedia tells me his name was harlan banks sure I forgot about that. Uh, he is a modern day Robin Hood kind of character. He works with criminals to pull off like bank heists and things, uh, like robberies of some sort, uh, and tries to give that money to like worthy causes and to the poor and things. But he's trying to get out. That's what he says. I don't That's what think... he says. You don't actually... You only see him do that once at the very end of the movie. And it's not... It's Oh, I have so much to say about and that. It's oh, yeah. very silly. <laughs> it's very silly. We'll get to it. Uh, it's literally the last thing that happens in the entire movie. Um, and so he's trying to get out of the business. And so he's he moves to Las Vegas. And he As you uh, do. becomes a, a driver for uh, like an armored car like a armored car that trans like a bank vehicle that transports large amounts of cash around las vegas that's supposed to be his legit job Mm -hmm. yeah he thinks he's going legit uh and so he's you know partnered up with like an older guy who's been doing this for a while uh he finds out that accidentally he's the getaway driver (laughs) for a casino (laughs) robbery don't you just hate Uh, it when that happens i know uh and so he ends up, you know, driving the truck away and dumping the older guy on the side of the road. Uh, he gets away. He somehow hides $20 million in cash after sustaining a major head injury, which gives him amnesia for the, like, the middle okay. two-thirds Does of the Now, hold on. Does it probably him, not. Quote, unquote, amnesia. <laughs> Because yeah. he, I think, literally says, like, you know, I've got the amnesia, but if you bring me this guy, it might, you know, jog my memory. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure the rest of the movie is about, firstly, he goes to jail. Well, he was, he was after that crash, half past dead, so then, of course, they had to take him to jail yeah. the last time. Uh, the rest of the movie kind of plays out, like, out for justice. Like, it's just a string of getting back at people. Okay. With, yes. like, a healthy dose of marked for death. Um, <laughs> I would call it an unhealthy dose, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> and so the rest of the movie is basically him just like trying to get revenge on like the guy who owns the armored vehicles and stuff that thought so the Seagal thought he was going to help him go legit. Hijinks ensue. I'm really going to need people's help. No, the he thing spends is, a lot of time in prison. <laughs> I think. The thing is, honestly, you pretty much have this because the heist goes wrong. He goes to prison. He befriends Treach. Um, no, the, the actor is Treach playing Ice a guy cool. named Ice Cool. But then, very similar to Out for Justice, like the plot just meanders. Oh. They just kind of go around and do things for no reason of little consequence yeah. and well, they quips so, at each other. Yeah, well, you're, you're cool skipping over the him. part. What? Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, sorry, so go ahead. I'm reading like the Wikipedia synopsis here. 
It's three paragraphs long. The first two paragraphs cover the first like 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole thing only covers like the first third. Yeah, because you get the entire movie in the first third of the movie. Like you can just turn it off after that and you know how the rest is going to go. <laughs> there there's we have we've talked just a minute ago about like scraping the bottom of the creative barrel. This is this is it. There there are no new ideas left. I like there's no twist here. There's no even like an interesting spin on anything uh it's just stuff from previous seagal films arranged very slightly differently than the last time he did a movie where he was in a prison or the last time he did a movie with weird folk magic on the side or Um, the last time he just partners up with like a random black guy as a sidekick and just does quips at him for the whole movie the really uncomfortable yes yeah like really bad poorly written Quips. Well, and a very weird energy to them where I don't know about you. It doesn't feel like two guys quipping at each other. It's just like two guys saying things and the other guys next to them, but neither of them really like yes. acknowledges each other. And then Seagal has to always get the last one, but the other guy, Ice Cool, always wants the last one. So yeah. they just kind of keep going. And you're like, that was like <laughs> normally you'd cap it off three quips ago and move on to the next scene. They just kind yeah. of say things. They don't even really have conversations equipped at each other. It's very strange. No, so they just they drive around Las Vegas, pull up to random buildings, yeah. uh, beat up and or kill a guy, and then get back in their car and drive to the next building. And they do that for an hour and a half. And they say and something. The movie they're trying to cool. find Max. Sure. Uh, who's the guy who set up Seagal? Yeah. For That's no, every single no, time one no of those. Reason. No Absolutely reason. Absolutely no reason. Right. It is never explained. It Every single time he walks into robbery. one of those like fights where he he just picks someone and and that then fight ensues and then he moves on to the next person. That's what he says. Where's Max? And they say he's dead. And he says, "No, I don't believe you." And then that's the whole that's the whole thing. Just yeah. keeps going and going and going. Again, like it basically this last part just is kind of out for justice because it's just vaguely trying to track down a guy who's kind of just doing his own thing. Like yeah, it just meanders in exactly the same way. Yep. Um. And I think that was the shortest plot synopsis. Oh, at the end of the movie, as they're driving into Las Vegas, he and his wife, who exists in this movie and has like weird prophetic dreams, that's where the folk magic comes in. <laughs> she like makes mandalas uh, and has prophetic dreams and goes to fortune tellers and stuff. Uh, so she's like vaguely spiritual. She has like a bad dream about coming to Las Vegas and how she and Seagal are in danger, uh, which obviously they are. He's a professional criminal, so. I don't think you need magic to know that. If you're wondering if these dreams end up having any specific consequence or relation to the actual plot, they do not. Other than just she is concerned about him, which she also could just, like you said, be concerned about him without having a weird, you know, spiritual dream. Yeah, she knows that he is a professional criminal. Like, it's not like a secret that he's keeping from his wife. Like, she's in on She knows. And it's like vaguely supportive. Uh, but once the family to get out, uh, and so like as they're driving into Las Vegas, they pass by a quote unquote children's hospital, which is just like <laughs> looks like an <laughs> elementary school with just like a piece of white printer paper pasted uh, on the outside that says like Saint Luke's Children's Hospital this. or something. Yeah, put the screenshot in the imager. Okay, <laughs> uh, it's <laughs> so it made me laugh so much because it's it's the Saint oh, yeah, Thomas, Thomas Children's <laughs> Hospital with like this printout over like like yeah. pasted over the top of it that says going out of business. And I don't know. Because children's hospitals have like <laughs> okay. fire. They have, like, 
And like a going out of business sale, they're letting everybody know that yes. you know their last day is in thirty days. And, and there's like a little girl outside on the yard with a, in a wheelchair. <laughs> it's funny it's like a by gag itself, from the but Simpsons. Like it's, it's funny by itself, but all I can just imagine is like you know, oh, brain cancer treatments are thirty percent off. Doorbuster, we're going out of business. <laughs> Bring your kid in for a last minute clearance cancer treatments. Like the the oh screenshot you posted, like the colors, the blocking, everything. It looks like it could be out of like some spoof from the seventies. It like really a spoof does. Movie. I. It was hilarious. There's like a nun pushing a little girl in a in a wheelchair. She's carrying like holding a single balloon. Like it's it's silly. And so of course at the it end of the goofy. movie they go back to the hospital that they pass by as they're coming into Las Vegas and hand them the twenty million dollars and save St. Thomas Children's Hospital. And when they, they give, they just like fade to black. They talk to. There's a girl standing out oh, in the yeah. yard that we've never met. Seagal <laughs> never met. No. Seagal's wife never met. No. And the girl's just like I, I don't even remember what happens, but there's something specific. He with just what walks happens? onto the lawn of this children's hospital, goes up to this little girl, hands her a necklace, gives her a hug, and leaves. Okay. He no, does is not. Is that know really what? It was? No, no. It's she even weirder than that because you have to remember there's also. Um, FBI agent Rachel Knowles, played by Sarah Buxton, that he kind of teams yes. up with in this movie. Yeah, and he goes up to this little girl, who, fun fact, is played by uh, Chloe Grace Moretz in like oh. one of her earliest film roles. Um, I gives knew her I this necklace, her gives her a hug. There's no established relationship or anything. It's not his you no, know, niece or godchild or anything. Then he walks away, but is like still on the like premise, like he is still there. And then this. Uh, a female FBI agent that he worked with shows up, goes and hugs this girl, the same girl. Again, no relationship with her, never met her, not friends in any way. And it's like, oh, who gave you this necklace? And she's like, a nice man. But like that, he's standing like 10 feet away. Like, it's just an odd... <laughs> if they happen at the exact same time, hey, both hey, went to talk to the girl hey, at the same time. A good man. A good man. <laughs> or if they, like, if he was there the day before, something that makes sense. But it's just weirdly like, again, they want to have set the it up at all, so it's just creepy. And they yeah. want the moment where he gives her the necklace, and then they also want the moment where this woman like sees her, and she's like, "Oh, a good, uh, this really nice guy gave it to me." But you, you don't have that happen like at the same time. It's like high school theater almost. That's a yeah. really good way to describe it. It was, it was just a very strange, stranger than usual movie. Yes. But it like it, it just felt like small components. Of previous Seagal films, slightly rearranged, hoping I wouldn't yeah. notice. <laughs> yeah, he does. We didn't even mention he does get his revenge on Max, played by Kep. Is it Kevin Ty? Ty? Yes. Sure. I, I don't actually know how you pronounce his last name, but he's like a pretty big name. He was um. He was what was it? Locke's uh, Locke's dad in Lost. Yeah, that's a very specific Hans pool. Um, yeah. But he does get his revenge, and it it the whole thing kind of peters off. Yeah, which is <laughs> probably why we didn't talk about it. Like to exclusively describe the Seagal movie with other Seagal movie references, I think we would say that it is like marked for justice or like out for blood. If like you know, just combine <laughs> those two into like some kind of snarky title. Like yeah. yeah, we we skipped the whole prison break. You you said that that Treach gets him out of prison, but well, we didn't talk Treach, about how. <laughs> no, because Treach knows that there's going to be a helicopter that lands at the prison at a certain time. Of course, and so they do like the class, like they do this in cartoons. Like 
this happened in Avatar's Airbender. You start a prison mm-hmm. riot as a distraction so you can get on the vehicle that's going away from the prison. Uh, and so they like start a prison riot and they just walk on to this helicopter. Well, uh, okay. after high school, high high school, school is wearing like a guard uniform. Yeah, he like kills a which, guard. Again, and takes they did his also uniform. do an Avatar. Yes, <laughs> like that is also usually a component of this. That's not new or anything. Uh, yeah, no, there's nothing original in here. It is just funny that when they hop on. The guy flying the helicopter is like, you know, speaking to Ice Cool. He's like, oh, you were part of the deal. I'm supposed to pick you up. Who's this other guy? And he's and Ice Cool is just like, ah, don't worry about it. You know, it's yeah. Seagal in the back seat. Like, it's cool. And the guy's like, okay, sure. And just flies away. Like, they just <laughs> oh. have this weird, like, he wasn't part of the deal, but the guy's very fine with that. Well, and so there's this relationship between, I'm remembering more and more as we talk about this, this relationship between uh, Seagal and Ice Cool. Uh, as they're like going around to like all of high school is like a big guy in some sort of gang in Las Vegas. And so they go around and ice cool, like hooks up Seagal with all these different people in this gang in Las Vegas. And we've talked before about Seagal's like very uncomfortable eubonics. Yes. They actually use the word eubonics in this movie. <laughs> Ice Cool makes a reference to it. Uh, I wrote down the actual line. Oh, I didn't write down the line, but they make a joke about eubonics. Like, mm. they recognize that Seagal is doing this unkind. Like, it's part of the text of the film that no one directly addresses except for this one throwaway line. Are you talking about the one when Ice Cool is talking to the prison guard? I believe so. And he says, Moon Jumping Cattle Battle. And the guard yes. says, What? And he says, Pajama Mama on Pico Pimpin. And the guard says, yes. what? And he I says, sneeze oozing on a sunset stripper. And the guard says, what? And he says, fool, you don't know G-Bonics? Yes. N-word. I said, good night. And then knocks out the guy. And then, then Harl- uh, Steven Seagal knocks him out from behind. Yes. G-Bonics. G-Bonics. Gangster Eubonics. <laughs> and so Seagal spends basically this entire movie speaking in a very uncomfortable caricature of an african-american accent oh it's so bad in a, another very unfortunate line you have one of the other characters who says to ice cool your friend harlan walks like a black man and breathes like a killer <laughs> i i have nothing more to say <coughs> i don't oh think God. he does either but this may end up being a really short episode um the whole reason that uh, the Treach wanted to be anywhere near him was because, uh, oh, well, no, he, he he kept, he, it's the same thing. It's coming back to me now, too. It's the same thing. He said, if you help me get out of prison, you know, that might jog my memory about where yeah, that $20 oh, million yeah. dollars is. And so he ends up giving, at the oh, yeah, at the end of the movie, he gives Ice Cool a whole bunch of the money. Yeah. Well, yeah. but it's not just that he gives him the money. Like, Ice Cool is, like, kind of. They're still have an ongoing like relationship. It's not just like here's the money. Yeah. To see you like he Ice Cool's like, wearing a suit now, and he's like, yeah. ah, you know, I'll wire you the money from like my Swiss account or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. It actually weirdly enough reminded me of the Bob Odenkirk directed film Let's Go to Prison. Like there at the end, like <laughs> <laughs> when, when they like open their winery, <laughs> baby duck wine. <laughs> God, we should watch Let's Go to Prison. <laughs> oh, it's such a good, bad movie. Um, do we have literally like any other thoughts on this other than it was vaguely uncomfortable and not that fun to watch and very uh, forgettable? I took notes. Um, oh man, I just like the one of the first things 
one of the first notes that I noticed looking back at my notes. And I came to regret this note. This is weirdly not bad. Oh. I mean... <sighs> I mean, it wasn't... Not, it was, it's kind of middle of the road. It wasn't good. It wasn't... It was just so... Nothing. It was so it's forgettable. Because they took it was inoffensive. Like, it, it was they offensive, took like but... one puzzle piece from each Seagal movie and then like shuffled them in a bag together and tried to like just make a new puzzle out of it. It was inoffensively yeah. offensive and offensively inoffensive. Yeah, just looking through my and notes. I stand by that. I'm somehow half an hour in and have no idea what the central conflict is. True. <laughs> Seagal also, has yes. a weird black accent. Yes, Why did they make weird. a eubonics joke? Yes. It is like the worst it's been since submerged. Um, oh, uh, I found my I, favorite quote. And this is from Ice Cool. I don't do karate, I do karifle. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Damn, Ice Cool's the best. Um, oh, whoever did uh, Seagal's ADR is much better than the previous <laughs> stand-ins for Seagal. Yeah, actually, the ADR and the like stunt work, like the the subbing out like a stunt actor for him, are not the worst in this You're one. Figuring it okay, out. but I so I have a note about that. It's not. It's it is that his stunt actors aren't the worst, but the stunt actors are doing the fighting now. Like he's not even yeah. trying. It's oh, it's yeah. the same thing we saw in I think yeah. it was submerged, where it's just like close ups yeah. of his face, like yes. turning and looking into the camera or sort of off to the side of the camera, and then it's someone else actually like doing the karate chops. It. Is like we've seen in Submerge. It's also like we've seen in probably the, the last eight movies of his, at least. Oh, no, maybe this one just stood out to me because it had been a while since I had seen any. So here, here's a question about the main villain Max, who is in a combined like five minutes of this movie. Maybe. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> is he a vampire? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> That's not what I thought was going to come out of your mouth next. I... <laughs> Do you remember the end of this movie? I don't remember anything about this. Where he goes to Max's mansion and he goes down into the basement of Max's mansion and Max is sitting downstairs in the basement of his mansion on a pentagram playing the piano and drinking wine. Do you remember this? Oh, actually, I forgot about all of that. And he had henchmen coming up like out of the base, out of the. Yeah, he has like a dungeon. Damn, you're making this movie sound I forgot about all of that. That can't be right. It factors in not at all. It got no. really weird at the end. Yeah, I, I, I not as weird note. as other ones have gone. No, but I one Some of my last notes is please be a vampire, please be a vampire, please be a vampire, <laughs> because it would be something interesting. It would have been better, but no, he's just a weird eccentric. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, that Aaron, is. I gotta be honest, I'm a yeah. little surprised. One of my top notes is Aaron is going to lot. Aaron is going to have a lot to say about themes, <laughs> and I, you haven't. I ju- I just haven't because what? Why do you say that? Help me. I don't Help remember. It was a week ago when I wrote it down. Robin Hood esque nature. I, of it I think it was. Prison. I think it was probably because there were a lot of different themes presented. It was exactly like the. Um, what was the last prison? What's one? another? When they were on New Alcatraz. We can was that half past? Yeah, that was, that was half, half past dead. dead. Where they were, the, you know, you think it's going to be about uh, life in prison for a minute, and then it's not. And then you think it's going to be about <laughs> vampires, and then it's not. And you think the dreams are going to have anything to do with anything, and then they're not. And you well, think it's so, going to be about revenge, and then it kind of is, but kind of not. And then, but like, the, so my one of my principal problems with this movie is that even in the worst movies, they were about something, like. They were, it didn't do it well, but at least pretended to be about 
something. This yeah. movie isn't about anything. Well, and I think also in those, the reason like that generally you want to talk about them is because they present one theme and then the rest of the two thirds presents yeah. not just like another theme, but a contradicting theme. Yeah. This yeah. one just kind of vaguely hints at seven different ones, but never like, <laughs> yeah. never like even if one could anything. contradict another, it doesn't commit enough to any of them to actually contradict itself. Yeah. It's yeah. like, here's something very topical. It's like a script written by an AI that was only trained on like seven movies. <laughs> seven all Steven Skull movies. Yeah. <laughs> That's, like there's not nearly not enough wrong. data here. And maybe like the general awareness that like Robin Hood exists in as yeah. a character in pop culture. Yeah. 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 Um there's just not enough data here to actually do anything. Like there are too many not even half baked. Like the dough is raw. Different kinds of things. Or you going can still on. see egg and flour in this dough. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> Like there's just so little happening here. There's it's not even like uh like you said half past dead like the opening speech is about you know the injustice in prison systems there isn't an opening speech in this one there isn't yeah. like it's, some sort well, of no it opens into conflict. it opens into a dream sequence doesn't it a nonsense dream sequence that doesn't actually play into anything no it affects nothing in the plot at all <laughs> a magical mandala appears on their bedroom floor one night <laughs> no it wasn't that he said that was like to watch over them or something wasn't it It was a seal of protection that n- neither That's of them put it. there like and it was it a magical protective seal mandala and n- neither of them put it there <laughs> very unsurprisingly i will say um we have seen because of lawsuits that have been filed mm-hmm. by the producers of this film against seagal and then counter lawsuits <laughs> by seagal towards the producers um alleged that Seagal would arrive on set late, leave set early, and rewrote parts of the scripts without their permission. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if this has the exact same, like, you know, death by a million edits problem that we've seen in a lot of these movies, but it does have, like, the... Still death they, by Seagal's ego. They might have had an idea of what this movie was, and then, I don't know, if, like, parts he just didn't like, he just didn't do. So I don't know if... My assumption would be the original script leaned more into this magical element, and then he's like... I don't know about this. And like, just they didn't have enough footage that related to it to actually like yeah, commit, but like they also his... taking that out would shorten the movie too much. Yeah. Like <laughs> his wife is an, is an occultist and the villain is an occultist. Like they're both into magic and fortune telling and stuff, but it factors in that at all. They just right. both happen to be into yeah. magic. You're, and, I think like, Zach might be onto stuff. something though, because yeah. this one is exactly an hour and thirty minutes long. It's not even like the hour and thirty-one or thirty-two. Like if they they, they couldn't have taken out. anything yeah. away. <laughs> but I but you'll notice that like it only relates to these other characters. Like Seagal like technically references this occult-ish stuff happening because he has conversations. Like she says he has a dream, but I think even there he just says like, "Nah, I'll be fine." Like yeah. his only interactions with this is dismissing it, so I yeah. wouldn't be surprised Which if I... that is purely just because he had no interest in that. Maybe maybe this episode. I'm very sorry to our listeners, but maybe this episode is less about the movie and just more yeah. about you know what this period in Seagal's career is like. <laughs> I I did actually say this. Um, like we didn't meet to talk about the episode right after we watched it, but I did like yeah. send like message Hans something along the lines of. This feels almost like a bit like a turning point. Like we've talked mm-hmm. about, it's weirdly 
an old it's like weirdly a theatrical Seagal movie like you know the 90s when he actually had theatrical releases it kind of has the feeling of that and also the feeling of his direct-to-dvd work like yeah well like there are certain aspects of this movie which are weirdly high budget like i think it was actually filmed in las vegas maybe there were at least a few shots that were like there was a car chase that ran right by like the luxor like it's (laughs) okay okay but with that car chase (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this movie was released in 2005, and all of the cars in that car chase were definitely from the mid 90s. Okay, so and, they use cheap cars, the, but like in the middle of Vegas, they had old, uh, uh, old Crown Vicks with County Sheriff written on the side, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's not exactly how that but, works. But see, I didn't even mean like budget wise, like in terms of like theatrical budget. I just mean like when you kind of think of like if i just say like seagal movie and you just like you know your brain ai generates a seagal movie it can actually kind of vary a bit like are we talking like theatrical is like his theatrical ones are like weirdly asexual and like you this know feels va- more like an early seagal this yeah like a throwback seagal. when we noticed we got to the as soon as we hit like you know the and it isn't just like you know the sexuality but like you know it's a pretty easy one to notice is like once you hit the directed dvd area it's just like strippers boobs for no reason yeah like <laughs> It kind of has the sensibilities of a theatrical Seagal, but with the yeah. mannerisms of a DVD Seagal. This yeah, feels like a throwback fair. to me. Throwback. But still I will say, it. the music was definitely not from this time period when this was made. And there were, no. oh, there were so many freeze frames. Oh, there were just so many freeze frames. Through the entire movie, there were freeze frames. And I kept thinking, like, this is it's like the editor <laughs> yearned for the 90s <laughs> maybe that was the assignment i think it, 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 I, I think you're right it's just like a golf film yeah back but to it his, still has mean, too many of the was... trappings of a new seagal film yeah I, it was like the trappings it felt like try to make an early seagal film when seagal was at the height of his career when he was a big name and people like cared about his movies and stuff but you have to do it on a new Seagal budget. And there are so many things that have changed about him that you kind of can't help but make a new Seagal film. Yeah. Like it, it has a lot of the, some of the trappings of the direct-to-DVD Seagal era. And I'm realizing as I say all this, I know too much about this man's career. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think that's guess what, buddy? a promise. Uh, <laughs> That's only gonna get worse. Uh, yeah, we're like we are almost halfway through. All no, movies. even just the fact that if I'm talking to someone and they like mention like a Seagal movie, I would have to be like, well, okay. Do you mean like early theatrical Seagal? Do you mean like teamed up with like various hip hop stars Seagal? Do you mean the beginning of his directed DVD Seagal? Do you mean like you know mid directed DVD Seagal? Like do you mean post Seagal? Like you really yeah. can divide it and like you can do a you know cut out a cross section and see the strata of seagal when every other normal person is just like oh i don't know he kind of fights silly and and says things in a weird husky <laughs> voice that's all they have to know and that's all they should know yeah, yeah so like he's he's uh he's partnered up with a hip-hop artist which is one era of seagal there's weird occult magic which is an earlier area era of seagal <laughs> It's just a revenge story where they drive around and beat up people. And that's an even earlier era of Seagal. (laughs) It's just picking themes from like different periods in his career. But then like, you know, the fight scenes, the fight scenes are like we said, close up of his face, shot of random arms flailing that doesn't even match in terms of lighting or direction. 
which is very <laughs> sometimes much even like costume doll. Like it's not even the same costumes. Not, not yeah. the same hair. No. I do love the part whenever he's like fighting a dude like in a shirt or something and he throws him out the window and the guy is like wearing like a sleeve like just like a vest yeah. or something like bare yep. arms like it's not even a slight costume change like he throws a completely different dude out a window that part is yep. very funny that felt very <laughs> straight to dvd seagull yes yeah. um there's just not a whole yeah. lot here what are what are I, I think you said your favorite quote aaron uh yeah i don't do karate i do karifle <laughs> do you have a favorite quote hans do you remember any quote from this movie? i do and I, I this is the thing i can't remember who said it to who but <laughs> someone says what's up and someone else says ah uh, you know same shit, different toilet <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible <laughs> that's a good I, one. that one really got that me <laughs> i think i didn't mine... want to hear that again <laughs> I think mine just has to be whenever like Ice Cool kills a guy and he says, "No, today you die," or something like that. Because you know, he, we've talked about this before. Some of the titles very on point. Some of the titles yeah. have absolutely nothing to do with the movie. Some of the titles theoretically had something to do with the movie until like you know Seagal's ego in the edits, aka yeah. submerged. Um, this one, like, I don't know why though. It's not a line Seagal says. It's a line like the side character says to a random henchman, not to the main villain. He says, "Today you die." I don't know how that became the title of the movie, but by default, that became my favorite quote. Y'all think you're above the law, but you ain't. Right. Like, that <laughs> like, one makes sense. I mean, yeah. it doesn't make sense, but that one, you see where it came from. <laughs> yeah. Go back and re-listen to our uh, Above the Law episode if you want to know exactly why that does not make sense. No. Um, <laughs> but what movie would y'all watch instead of this one? What would you recommend that people watch instead of this one? <sighs> what I don't know. What's, like, a good revenge film? Taken? I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess yeah, Taken. Taken, he does just, taken. like, drive around Eastern Europe and beat people up. I'm but pretty he has, like, sure we've suggested we have Taken been. as an alternative before, though, I haven't think we? for the foreigner, probably. Uh, the yeah. one, no, um, Belly of the Beast, whenever his daughter yes. gets another daughter kidnap story. Yeah. Yes. Um, mine is actually going to be Let's Go to Prison, because that... <laughs> <laughs> that one is just as bad, but actually makes me laugh. No, it's not just as bad. That's... I gotta give Bob Kirk some credit. Don't be mean. Um, it's not well it's not it's bad but it's not it's not bad in the same way no it's it's at least genuinely hilarious it's a very low brow like catch it on cable at 2 p.m on comedy central style movie but actually like michael shannon plays a really funny white supremacist (laughs) prisoner in it (laughs) like it actually has like oddly good performances it's awful to say that but it's true (laughs) what's the line leonard was the kind of it gives white supremacists a bad name. <laughs> right. And Seagal has never said anything it's so, that funny. It's so oh, no. bad. It's so awful, but you can't help but No. Okay, what would be your movie instead of this one recommendation? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, oh, I didn't have anything. I should have had something prepared. It's okay. I think we're going to get this one in under an hour. I think so too. Oh, absolutely. You think we're going to come up with 22 more minutes? No. I refuse um, actually. Oh, well, you know what? Go go watch Dune. Yeah, go watch Dune. Everyone I should mean, watch Dune. Watch yes, <laughs> but wait, which Dune and why? The the, the, the most recent one. Okay, yes, good movie. <laughs> Did this make you think of Dune? Is that just No, a, it's not completely random. I, no, so uh Mom and Mare came out last weekend to um just to hang out for a little bit and we uh i of course i had to show off the home theater downstairs mm-hmm. well, of mary really 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 loves dune 
and oh, she good. said yes bass. she good. said this was with the oh. with the surround sound she said this was a religious experience well yeah Okay, so very specifically, go watch Dune at Hans's basement. Just if you're a listener of the pod, just go to Hans's house, knock on the door, he'll let you in. You know where it is. You can watch Dune <laughs> in the basement. It'll be chill in his like home theater. Yeah, open invitation. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, uh, I think if only... we wrap it up here, we can get this in. We can get this done in under 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah. The only other thought I have about this movie, I'm very upset by, is that his name is Harlan Banks. I really wish that they gave him the first name Robin, so his name could just be like Robin Banks. Because then, like, lean into it. If you're gonna be goofy, just lean into it. If his character's <laughs> name was Robin Banks, this would probably get a whole other star for That's me. That's one of the problems stands, with this movie. It it le- leans into nothing. It is so silly, but it takes itself too it seriously. To it doesn't want to be silly, but it is. Yeah. And it so one and a half stars. It's just embarrassing. Me. One star. Actually, yeah, one star. Knocked it down. Definitely one star. Yeah. Cool. Look at that. Three stars in total for what it's Um, worth. (laughs) Today you die more like I died last week when I watched this. Today you die more like like today I forgot about this movie that I literally just watched. Yeah, today you die more like what? (laughs) Huh? Who's she? Huh? 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 Okay, that's the end. I'm stopping okay. the recording. Stop. Because I don't have anything to say. That means one of us has to die. Okay.